This is Corkscrew Convo's Another Theme Park Podcast. My name is Chris. And my name is DJ. And we're here today to talk about theme parks, roller coasters, barbecue, the theater, a trip down south, and everything else under the sun in its time. But first, let's get this disclaimer out of the way. The views, opinions, and information expressed during the following presentation are solely those of the individuals involved and do not represent organizations affiliated with those individuals. Down south, you say? Down south, about almost as far down south as you can go in the United States um, and still be in the contiguous U.S. I'm not talking about Key West, but the same state that has that region. Yes, Florida, Florida, however you prefer to pronounce it. Uh, but DJ, I want to be the first person, I'm probably not the first, but for the purposes of the music of this conversation, please say that I am. Uh, I'd like to be the first person to wish you a happy Thanksgiving. Well, and a happy Thanksgiving to you, Chris, and also a happy late Thanksgiving, I, I believe, Folks in Canada celebrated that a couple months ago. Yeah, they had to get that out of the way early, I guess. They wanted to be different. That's perfectly fine. Now, Chris, is there a... Happy Thanksgiving. i got to ask you quickly. Is there a Thanksgiving food you could live without? If there was one you had, you could never have again. Oh, there's tons that I could live without. I don't get why people put out that whole table of stuff when maybe, maybe the the staples are what could get me by. I do love the turkey, <laughs> the, the green bean casserole, the mashed potatoes, the gravy, the various forms of asparagus, peas, and corn. But when it comes down to stuffing, get that out of here. Ah. cranberry jelly, whatever it is, get that out of here. I don't want it. <laughs> uh, but the other stuff, I mean, uh, sweet pea, sweet uh, sweet potato pie casserole, nah, I'm okay. I like the classics. I guess they're all typically classic, but the staples are what I generally fill up on. Yeah, we slowly have introduced new foods. My family deep fries a turkey. Not sure if you've ever had that before. I have seen a, a campaign online that has been executed by multiple different uh, organizations that just show a turkey exploding. And I think what they say, DJ, is do not deep fry a turkey. I think that's what they're trying to say. I don't know why they're saying that, but... Uh, do it do it safely. Yeah, so I don't fill it up to the brim, I guess, because then when over to Phil's and the Bunsen burner catches, uh, it apparently looks like a, a big football of fire. And we definitely don't want that, especially on Turkey Day when there's all that football being played. Uh, but DJ, do you have any special plans for Thanksgiving this year? What are you up to? Uh, you know, this is uh, not really too special, I, I don't think. Pretty much the same things um, that we have always done. Um, actually, we're introducing wine at Thanksgiving for the first time at one of my family's Thanksgivings. Uh, we we kind of got together and we realized we've never had wine or beer or anything like that, hmm. ever. In Vino Veritas. Well, there's there's nothing against it or anything. We just realized we've never done it. So I was like, can I bring some wine? And they're like, oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Well, now that you're finally of age uh, to partake in that sort of thing, uh, I think that might be a nice thing. Maybe a, a nice crisp red uh, to to pair with yeah. all the turkeys. Am I right about the red part? Yeah. yeah. Well, we've got a red and we just brought a white just in case somebody wants that. So oh, we got or- it all covered there. What about the person who needs the rosé? What about them, DJ? Have you thought about their needs? <laughs> They're going to have to suffer, I guess. <laughs> we, we do a kind of a smaller tradition where uh, at nighttime on, in Kansas City, there's a shopping district called the Plaza, which is um, modeled after Seville, Spain. Um, but they have Christmas lights, and they turn those on every year, and there's usually a, a news program for it, like two hours long. And so we've always watched that um, the night of thanksgiving it's kind of tradition and so we'll probably watch that again okay well i like those traditions keeping them up that's what it's really all about is tradition i mean there's a whole song about it in fiddler on the roof tradition all that sort of thing (laughs) yeah yes how about yourself anything special planned oh me uh no i did buy a rack of spare ribs so i'll probably put those in the crock pot uh tomorrow morning and then uh, make a, a nice meal out of that, too. I did buy some ingredients for taco salad, so uh, it is going to be a big day. Uh, no turkey, though. I think that's sort of like that's like corporate propaganda to eat a turkey on Thanksgiving. <laughs> if if the, the viewer can't see, the dear listener can't see us right now, but I'm sort of like uh, Charlie Kelly, Charlie Day, holding up my hands in the uh, conspiracy theorist area of the wall, just mapping out the different things. I'm kidding, of course. I do love turkey. Uh, but cooking You are in the weeds with thing. big turkey. 
yeah, I mean, we are in the, the throes of it all. I mean, of course, I love turkey. I do love ham. Um, and they are often consumed on Thanksgiving. I guess that's what people do. Me, I wanted to buck the stereotypes. I wanted to be different. So I went to the store today. Uh, that was my first mistake. I went to the grocery store the day before Thanksgiving. <laughs> and it was a new, a new to me grocery store too. So yes. the combination of that, it, it was like, Ooh, wow, I am having a big day today. <laughs> but we got through <laughs> it. I went, I found a, a rack of ribs. I got those in the fridge defrosting right now. I got my ingredients for taco salad. It's going to be pretty good. I'm looking forward to how that turns out. Uh, so that's going to be a, a great way for me to enjoy a nice meal, get some greens, some roughage, uh, without necessarily eating turkey and, and being just like everybody else. Because, you know, sometimes, DJ, I'm pretty hip. I like to swim upstream. Um, and this is one of the ways that I do that. And your Eagles play tomorrow, correct? I don't think they do. I thought they played the Packers on Sunday Night Football. Oh, well, you're probably so, right. I can't remember. Yeah. I, I know Cowboys seeing, and Giants. Yeah, that's going to be a good game. I want both of them to lose. Uh, we're going to have to see about that. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Uh, but DJ, before we get into the, the turkey of this episode, the meat of this episode, yeah. <laughs> I want to know, hmm. what are you thankful for? And of course, make it theme to the podcast. I don't want to hear anything silly out of you or heartwarming hmm. like family, health, good fortune, overall kindness. I don't want to hear any about that. I'm talking about roller coasters and cotton candy here, DJ. What are you thankful for? Uh, definitely not cotton candy. Um, I don't know if you knew that about me. I, I hate cotton candy. Um, but what if I called it candy floss? Would that change things for you? No, it's, it's, that, that's even worse. Cotton candy and marshmallow, they can go somewhere else. Yeah, marshmallows, um, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you, DJ. I did have gourmet hot chocolate the other day that I put a couple of miniature marshmallows in. I was on cloud nine, DJ. I was like, <laughs> I forgot why people put marshmallows in the cotton, uh, hot chocolate. And then I did it. Mm, and you were reminded. It was good. <laughs> I think I am thankful for a few things, Chris. I, I think I'm thankful for the Phoenix, the wooden roller coaster at Knobles Amusement Resort. Um, if you're wondering why I'm thankful for that, dear listener, reference last episode, Knobles episode. Take a listen. You'll know why I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful also, and I put these two, they're kind of together. Um, you did talk about cotton candy, so I was thinking of what food do I like at a, at a theme park, an amusement park. I'm thankful for blue ice cream. I love the blue ice cream at Kings Island. Silver Dollar City has it, uh, but something about being in Cincinnati at Kings Island, eating the blue ice cream is great. And like I said, I kind of put these together. I'm thankful for Kings Island. Uh, it's the best park around me, I think, at least within an easy driving distance. So I'm thankful for that park. I'm thankful for their operations I experienced this year. I'm thankful for everything that, that 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 park has to offer and every everything that they've done to clean up the park and and, and really celebrate a great anniversary there well, 50 years of family fun that's incredible isn't that <laughs> absolutely uh, and then uh, they're gonna have more fun next year of course that's a such a great park i haven't been there in so long i get it back dj but does a lot of great things that you're thankful for and uh, i might just say ditto as well but i i know i won't i know you won't let me off the hook that easy so let me try to think of a couple things right <laughs> here hmm I am thankful for Pipeline, the surf coaster. That is something wow. that I am more excited for, to just to see how it comes about than any coaster in several years, I feel like. Because we're getting hmm. that new train. It's a pretty unique layout, especially for a B&M. It's going into SeaWorld Orlando, so it's got all those other great coasters there. And I just am really looking forward to tracking how that all happens because, uh, not to spoil later on in the episode, I did get to look a little bit at the construction there. It's right up next to the parking lot, so it's right there in the front of the park. It looks incredible already, um, and I am thankful to see uh, another great ride popping up like that that's going to be new. And then, of course, when it happens and when people ride it, when we get reports and everything... We start the speculation of where else could we see this popping up next? And then the conversation just keeps on going. And I am thankful and grateful for that, too. Hmm. What else am I thankful for? There's so much. Um, oh, yeah. Barbecue. <laughs> Wait, but we said nothing heartwarming, so I'm not going to say barbecue. Yeah, that's right. I just had Kansas City barbecue two days ago. I, and oh. I'm very thankful for that. Did you get the old burnt ends, eh? I got the Arkansas Topper. It's barbecued chicken, so smoked chicken. 
uh, with your choice of meat on top. I did the beef brisket layered on top with a tomato sauce, kind of like a barbecue sauce, and then <sighs> melted cheese. Wow, that sounds good. Golly, my goodness. And a side that of baked good. beans that included burnt ends, Chris, and also the baked beans go underneath the smoker. So all the drippings from the meat goes into the baked beans. Wow. That, uh, I'm a little speechless, right? I can't even remember what I was thankful for. <laughs> I'm thankful for that, and I haven't even had it yet. <laughs> oh, so that's, I think, a great, I, I can't say anything after that. That's incredible. Well, uh, if, if I may say one more, and it, it is maybe silly and heartwarming, but I am thankful for the dear listener. I'm thankful for all of our dear listeners that they've made this uh, podcast possible for us to keep this going and keep coming back episode after episode to listen. We really appreciate you. You know, I actually did think of one more thing I was thankful for. Uh, I'm thankful for you, DJ. I am. That's silly and heartwarming. So that's why I didn't say it. (laughs) Oops. Uh, You know, I was actually good. I was actually planning on saying that at the end, but the barbecue talk sort of blanked my mind (laughs) and I couldn't think of anything else. But I'm glad that you reminded me with your ploy to the dear listener. That reminded me of what I was going to do. Uh, So eventually we got it all out there. But yeah, (laughs) Thanksgiving, it's a good time. Barbecue is there somewhere. Uh, Cotton candy, don't give it to DJ, uh, but give him plenty of stuffing and cranberry sauce and uh, sweet potato pie and everything else. He can have all those. He loves them. Uh, You're speaking for me. (laughs) As I love to. Well, DJ, before we bring on my trip down south to Orlando, let's just briefly head on a couple of the great episodes that we've put out recently. There is one in which we featured a name for a podcast that had never been done before. And I searched the podcast archives. I said, has anyone ever named a podcast this before? And the answer was no, you are the first. And that is, of course, Periclocytheron, uh, which was my trip report down to Bush Gardens Hollow Scream. And I know that we're already here right next to Christmas season. People don't necessarily want to think about Halloween, but I know a lot of people never really put away Halloween from their heart, their hearts, their souls. Um, and I think if you want to get a little bit of that, you can listen to Paracletus as well uh, for a great look into what they did for the Halloween season over at that park. Also have my crisp Canadian adventure. The title's DJ's crisp Canadian adventure. Uh, that was really my trip uh, to Canada's Wonderland. My first time out of the country to Canada. Been out of the country before, but not to our northern neighbors. Um, so that was a great time. We we covered really the. Uh, daytime event. I wasn't able to go to Haunt, unfortunately, but um, some hot takes maybe in that episode, Chris. Um, That's where I made Yukon Striker a dive coaster in my top 10, so be sure to check that one out. Wow. Uh, we got to get you on Dr. Diabolical's cliffhanger to see what you think. <laughs> uh, that'll be awesome. But we also, uh, as DJ briefly mentioned, uh, we had an episode of our trip report to Knobles in Elysburg, Pennsylvania. Of course, we had to title it Hooked on Phoenix because, uh, you know, that's quite a wooden coaster. It turns out that we like it a lot uh, when we both got to ride it for the first time at the beginning of October. So if you're new to Corkscrew Convos, welcome. Thanks for stopping by. Uh, Take a look around. Take a listen. If you're listening to this in the car as you're driving over to Thanksgiving or on the way to white-knuckle some traffic on the way to a, a Black Friday sale, good luck. Go ahead. (laughs) We hope you enjoy yourself. And if you do want to have a corkscrew conversation with us, there's many ways for you to do that uh, very easily, including our email. We have corkscrewconvos at gmail.com. So I believe what we're going to talk about today, Chris, is your fourth adventure to the mystical city known as Orlando, Florida. Also Kissimmee, Florida, really the central Florida area. Oh, yes. It was a very good time. And uh, it didn't start out like a series, but little by little, as we talked through this uh, trip that we each had to Orlando back and forth, that sort of thing, it became a series. And uh, so here is part four. And I have a new subtitle for this fourth installation here. Uh, And if you'll forgive me the dramatics, Chris takes Orlando four, a new storm gathers. How about that? You like that? My critique, takeoff gathers, and then you basically have a new hope. No, new I, had to, I had to differentiate it because... Just if, a new storm. Hmm. No, whatever. It's too, it has staying power. We'll, we'll put on a shirt. 
Copyright, DJ. You got to be very careful about copyright. Uh, but yes, uh, a new storm gathers, and I named that because there was a sort of hurricane coming pretty late in the hurricane season called Nicole. And it was making its way to Orlando as well. It turns out that Nicole, she just couldn't wait. Uh, she had to go to Orlando. Thankfully, she was there uh, before I was, and she was gone right before I got there. Because, DJ, I rolled the dice in the week leading up to it uh, with my flight to Orlando because the hurricane was getting bigger in the Caribbean. It was like, mm, that's not looking good. Uh, American Airlines wanted me to change my flight. They said, if you want to change it, you're welcome to for without a change fee. Uh, but I was looking at the radar, looking at the models. And you know what, DJ? I kept the faith because there was a very small chance that the storm could be past Florida, uh, but uh, not yet to me when it was time for me to fly. And luckily, that was the case. And for that, DJ, I am thankful. I am grateful for that. Uh, my flight was not delayed. I got there on time. It was uh, pretty rainy when I was leaving my own airport, but when I got to Orlando, it was sunny. It was a little cool out, but uh, it was sunny Florida, and you can't complain about that. Now, do you think you would have driven down there had your flight been canceled? You know, I don't think so. <laughs> That'd probably be a, a pretty long drive. I probably would have tried to figure out another flight, A train probably would have been too much time. I mean, there are a lot of trains that go down that direction, uh, but uh, they just take a while. So Yeah, sure. Very true. <laughs> uh, but I was glad to make it down there, and uh, I feel the best way to continue this sort of Orlando trip report series is to continue to do what we have done, and that's on speaking on what is new to us. Uh, of course, we'd always go down there. We'd love to ride things like uh, The Incredible Hulk or Spider-Man. <laughs> of course, I think of Oz of Adventure because that's fresh in my head. Uh, but things that we've done often and yep that's a roller coaster it was a roller coaster then it's a roller coaster now it's an incredible ride but let's talk about what's new to us uh, so i just uh, gathered a couple things i wanted to discuss with you dj and uh, with you the dear listener um, and let's go through them right now the first thing dj is an escape room now i don't think we've actually ever covered escape rooms on this pod dj so i don't know what your thoughts are uh, what do we you have. think about escape rooms we have covered escape rooms we have Yes, I believe we covered when my wife and I went to The Beast, Haunted House. Oh, okay. And it turned into an escape room. So I've covered an escape room. Technically, you have not covered a room at which you would like to escape from. Yeah, well, there are plenty of rooms that I like to escape from. Um, only a couple of those rooms are actually a game. <laughs> uh, but DJ, escape rooms, you know, I'm not always good at video games. And that's why I gravitate to things like Minecraft or Madden when I play video games, because those are known commodities with little story. I can just sort of blank my head and just play, just be a little minor just chipping away at that stone, making cobblestone. And I can just do that for hours sometimes. <laughs> I remember oh. when we first met in the, in the first weeks, getting, I was getting to know you. And I, I, this is not an insult to you, Chris, but I was just like, wow, he's, he's not into video games at all. And like, <laughs> that's so much of my life has been formed by video games and playing them. Well, DJ, I feel like at some point, The train was leaving the station for getting good at video games in my life, and I didn't catch that train because there are <laughs> games like Knack, which is like a PlayStation exclusive. It's not supposed to be a difficult game. You just sort of go around and do it, and I just get stuck. I can't do it. <laughs> it doesn't work. Oh, and so to transfer that to an escape room... I think there are a lot of transferable skills to video games, to escape rooms, which means that sometimes I'm not good at escape rooms, and sometimes it stresses me out. <laughs> uh, but I did have the pleasure of doing an escape room at the Bureau in Orlando, uh, and I was glad to have such great friends and clues there to carry me uh, when we did get stuck. Yeah, I love the Bureau. It's awesome escape room, a series of escape rooms, I should say. Definitely worth your time, your money uh, to go over there and check that out. Yeah, I mean, there were uh, reactive effects. It was pretty advanced lighting and videos and games within a game that I did like, I did enjoy. Uh, but, you know, it's just sometimes, and I think the best way to describe it is when I was younger and I was trying to play the Chronicles of Narnia video game on the PlayStation 2. Have you ever played that? You have not. I have not. The the 
main thing I will tell you just in video game culture is there is no video game, mostly, ever been made that's good based off of a movie. That's like hmm. a running joke. All video games based off of movies are not only just bad games, they play terrible. Well, um, the PS2 game for Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith... I remember that being amazing, <laughs> but it, it did have the super long cutscenes that were just the movie, and I'm like, what am I doing, watching the movie or playing the game? But that's a separate story. Um, <laughs> this Chronicles of Narnia video game, I couldn't get past the first level. I just could not. I spent so much time, and the first level <laughs> is just fumbling around in a dark room with the air raid siren going off, and that's very stressful after a long time. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, you would you do great in an escape room then. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's something. I mean, I'm glad that I had my team to carry me because there were some clues where when we really got to, to get locked in and say, solve this, boom, I could get it solved. Uh, but when it was sort of like an exploration thing where we had to like uh, figure out what the next task was to do, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I had my team to carry me because the escape rooms, I, I appreciate the artistry and design that went behind that themed entertainment. Oh, but it can be a lot sometimes. <laughs> it was good I have though. done one before. It was me and three other people. And to start out, we were handcuffed all together and blindfolded. Whoa, that sounds terrifying an and incredible. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Well, that was the Bureau. They have a lot of great escape rooms. Uh, from what I gathered, I did one of them, but uh, I had some other friends who did another one. And it seems like they were vaguely tied together in terms of an overarching storyline. So I think that's okay. really cool. They MCU'd the escape room. And that's awesome. <laughs> uh, but the next thing that was new to me is a ride that I've ridden plenty of times before. It's Kong Skull Island. Um, it's a ride that I often don't think of first when I go to Islands of Adventure, uh, but it's really a great gem in its crown. I'm glad that it's there uh, because it's another great ride that if it's there and the line isn't too long, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hop on that and enjoy it. Uh, but I agree I got, with you completely. Thank you. Thank you. I got a show scene that I had never gotten before, and that is the outdoor scene at the beginning. Every single time I had ridden Kong Skull Island, I had always been routed through that little turn out of the station without actually going into the big grand entrance scene when you enter the temple or the cave or whatever they call it. And I finally got it. I was like, wait, is this actually going to happen? And then it did. And so the, the Jeep is doing its big bucking and yawing around there where I was like, wow, we're, they, there's a lot of ride here that I had never gotten before. And then finally, there was all the Kong, 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 Kong chanting. And dear listener, I apologize for your ears if you were in earbuds. Uh, <clears throat> but the, the flames would synchronize with the two and they'd get super big before you enter the temple. And I was like, wow, this makes the ride so much better. And I was so glad that I was finally able to ride the attraction with that um, extra scene, which really is an extra. It's just a, a really great way to kick off the ride itself. I've only done that ride um, once. I was just telling how much I enjoy it, and I've only done it once. But I think I you think were with I, me. Yeah. So okay. So then, yeah, I, I thought maybe I had seen the outdoor section, but I guess I haven't. Yeah. Well, you, you gotta ride it next time you're there to yeah, hopefully I do get it. Now. it. Yeah. What else did great. you do? Now, the Spider-Man, a little farther down the road on of adventure. Uh, nothing new per se with the amazing adventures of Spider-Man, but. Hear me out. Let me talk about it for just a moment. Here's why it's noteworthy here. Just getting dispatched, DJ, because I was riding it again. You hear the music start. J. Jonah Jameson is giving you your mission. Then you see the Spidey signal, and then Spider-Man jumps on your car. That minute or so, I think, is unmatched in the theme park sphere. I think that you can't get better than that energy, that uh, call to action that is demonstrated there at the Amazing Adventures of Spider-Man. I know this is not the discussion that we're going to be having tonight, but what do you think? That ride just, sorry, it, it takes me a minute when I think of that ride. I, I've i got a couple hot takes in this episode. I already know it. Okay. And it's one of them. It's not a hot take. It's just a personal th opinion. I, I just don't enjoy that ride, really. I'm just being honest with you. I think Transformers is obviously the evolution of that ride, and I think it's just executed much better than 
Spider-Man. And it's funny because I like Spider-Man and I don't really like the Transformers movies, but the energy on in that ride is just such an intense thing for the type of ride that it is. And I think Spider-Man's intense too. Um, but as far as like something that makes me feel, you know, similar to like the beginning of the ride, the call to action, I think I might give that one to maybe rise of the resistance. And my favorite ending of any ride is actually the ending of, um, green gods. Love the ending of that. Okay. Well, I guess uh, you haven't ridden Indiana Jones adventure. Have you? No, I, no, not yet. Okay. <laughs> not yet. I think that's another one that we'd throw in the conversation to here. And that might actually be a great topic to come up. Also is, the mummy with Brendan Fraser screaming at you for his coffee. That's also a great ending. Yeah. <laughs> I think that could be a really great topic to discuss uh, pretty soon. Let me, uh, forgive me for a moment. Remind me for tomorrow at 4 p.m. to create call to action script. Okay. The die is cast. <laughs> That will remind I'm, me that's to flesh out that idea a little more. I'm playing D&D tonight, so that's funny you said that. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, that's Spider-Man. SeaWorld now. Of course, I went there. They have their great Christmas event now. Food and beverage oh. kiosks around the park. They do a really great job with that. Uh, there's a big nighttime show in Bayside Stadium. Fireworks, ice skating, fountains, lights, all this sort of thing. Christmas trees in the water. Uh, but Such the- an underrated Holiday Christmas event, SeaWorld Orlando. Yeah, I mean, uh, of course, in terms of the quote-unquote awards, um, which uh, it could be USA Today, it could be other things too, I always feel like Dollywood is carrying the category there, and rightly so for a lot of reasons, but there's a lot of other things out there that I think do a really great job, and SeaWorld Orlando is one of those. Um, and the thing that I got to experience that was new to me at this Christmas event was a show called Oh Wondrous Night. Have oh. you gotten to see it yet? No, uh, I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, it's a big main stage show in uh, the Nautilus Theater, I think. So it was the theater that they had hosted Monster Stomp in during Hollis Scream. Uh, so I could still feel the energy of that show lingering in the house. <laughs> I joke, of course. I joke. Uh, and I won't give away the I don't plot. think you do joke. <laughs> no, I... Okay. Uh, I won't give away the plot of A Wondrous Night, but uh, there were puppet animals. It was, it was fun and lighthearted like that. Um, at one point, the puppet animals became real animals on the stage stage so oh, wow. uh, so if you have allergies stay away i guess uh but it was a great pageant <laughs> that sort of thing uh there were these huge ensemble numbers with incredible vocalists and then scenes that also advanced the plot as well uh so it was a, overall a really great treat of a show to see that uh to really get in the spirit to see all these animals and puppets and that sort of thing and uh, i do have to give a hearty shout out to megan uh for joining us there watching the show give me those tips because i am so glad that i did get to see that show as well and it was oh. great to see her too. And Megan is a OG Corkscrew Convos listener. Yeah. Yeah. I think she did trivia as well a little while ago. Maybe more than yes. a year, I guess, now. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. More than a while ago. <laughs> <laughs> Almost two years now. Yeah. It's, it's funny how time just slips away, but that's also not what we're talking about. But if, if you get me started, I will. <laughs> uh, next thing that was new to me Discovery Cove. Now, I didn't get to visit in the sense that I visited and experienced it, but I briefly got to see the park. It's incredible and also strange to see a theme park with almost no in-park marketing, and it's really built like a resort in my head. Like, I've never been to one of those resorts that are all fancy, all-inclusive, but that's what it is. There's no no sign saying, buy Coca-Cola, because everything's already included. Food, uh, beverage, alcohol, um, experiences are already included in your uh, admission to Discovery Cove. There are add-on tours that you can do to go to a sloth habitat or see birds, but if you want to snorkel, if you want to look at dolphins, I think you got to pay to swim with the dolphins, but um, all those things, it just seems like an incredible park, and it's incredible. You go through the the entrance by the road, and it's like you're not in Orlando anymore. You're in this tropical, secluded area. And of course, Florida Florida is already tropical, but they do a great job at tuning out the noise because they know once you turn out, there's a, a Taco Bell and a Wawa right there. So you're not too far away from the hustle and bustle of Orlando. Uh, but to see 
how well they were able to design that park with these winding pathways and different secluded areas, nice cabanas. Uh, it's incredible to see that park, and I've really got to get there sometime to uh, give it its due and really explore the park as a guest, because that was an incredible-looking park, and I can't wait to go there for real sometime. Yeah, I would love to go. I I think that maybe they it's just because they don't need to do this, but maybe they don't do as much marketing for Discovery Cove, because I'm sure it's always busy. It's like... Yeah. People just know about it through word of mouth. Yeah, and that's a park that, I mean, before the other parks had reservations and capacity limitations, so Discovery Cove was always doing that because they do cap the, the attendance in a way to make it comfortable and exclusive for their guests. So got to got to get over there and see how they're doing that sometime because it looks incredible. Uh, but DJ, I had put together a couple other notes that were really just odds and ends that I wanted to cover as well. Um, one of the things is something that I don't think anyone else picked up on. And I'm like, how did nobody else pick up on this? Why have I not seen these uh, clickbait articles about this thing that I'm about to tell the dear listener? Um, SNS. Just like in the, in the last week or? Yeah, in the last week or so. Of course, there's been a lot of news coming out. Yeah. Uh, SNS has uh, been championing their Axis coaster as the next big thing with roller coasters. It looks incredible. Uh, they have shown different iterations of what a layout could look like, and it's doing this incredible thing where it crests the lift and then it doesn't uh, bank itself. So, I mean, like it's, it's sort of like the beginning of the Scream and Swirl or something yeah. like that, but then it's an yeah. entirely different ride experience. It's, I don't even know how to explain it. Looks it looks like that uh, Vacoma Stingray they used to make. Yes, that's exactly it. Yeah, so that's, I mean, it looks like an incredible thing. I can't wait to see where it pops up. And they announced that they have already sold two Axis coasters. They didn't say where, wow. when, or how. <laughs> that is unbelievable. Yeah, they've sold two. <laughs> They're coming somewhere. Um, but I, I think I forget that they can have a lift because the only thing, you know, we've really seen in real life is the prototype which launches yeah so i just assume it has to launch but i guess no it doesn't have to launch yeah i think it could do anything they wanted to do it seems like a very versatile roller coaster type and and apparently we have two installations coming somewhere uh, i can't wait to see where they go where do you think it'll go you know it's funny that you ask me that all right hear me out <laughs> this would be evil <laughs> i shouldn't even say this <laughs> nemesis uh, it's oh. gone. They say they're rebuilding it. Yeah. What if they lie and say we're putting an access coaster in its footprint? <laughs> <laughs> I I was thinking maybe maybe not a, a park per se. So I mean, just think of any park that fills this type type of park I'm describing. I think you might not see it in an extreme setting. Maybe you see it like Tranin, the the stork bird coaster, which is kind of like the axis coaster it's like almost a prototype that they had made like maybe we'll see more of a family style one first than instead of this huge intense multi-inversion sort of thing you know it's an interesting idea the uh, the layouts that they have put out there are definitely these big dramatic things but i think that's because they want to show what this coaster can do uh, but that's right. a very interesting thing to say what if it's a, it, a smaller application of that technology it feels lego landish in a way i don't know yeah I like the sound of that. That's very anyway, interesting. Let's, let's see what happens. Yeah. yeah, well, we got two of them out there somewhere. Uh, we're eventually going to see them pop up, and I can't wait to see where they go. What other odds and ends do you have for us tonight? Well, Epic Universe, of course, it's a theme park coming to Orlando. Uh, it turns out there's a lot going on. Uh, last time it was in the area, it wasn't necessarily vertical. Now, when you go by that area, it's... It's already like a city. There is so much going on, so many cranes that are in that area, dirt being pushed around. It's incredible to see. And I'm beginning to get very excited to see what form this theme park takes. I always am thinking about when I think of that park, all those condos and apartments that are literally right across the street now. Imagine if you had bought a condo 10 years ago before they announced <laughs> this. And now oh. you've got this prime location condo. And so this is where... Let's see, Nintendo is going, uh, another Potter universe something, right? Yeah, there's not a lot that's been announced for sure, but there are all these rumors out there about what will be added to this park and what model, what business model this park itself will have. And 
Uh, I think that there's a lot that's probably changed since then because I feel like people put out all these uh, conjectures about parks and then the plans change or they evolve and uh, I uh, I just am eager to get these things announced or maybe maybe for them to put out a preview center in the original Universal Park yeah. like they did with Anza of Adventure. Yeah. That would get me going. That would be pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe you can... Well, we gotta, we'll, we'll put this into the record. If we're able to buy a brick, we need to buy one. Yeah, an epic, ep, 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 ep brick. I'm trying to crush epic with brick. It doesn't work. Forget I said that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I also did see pipeline construction at SeaWorld Orlando. DJ, this coaster is right up next to the parking lot in the front entrance. It goes by Bayside Stadium. Uh, I think last year, a lot of where they had it was in the sort of event space for their Christmas celebration. Uh, but now they've moved that to others area, the other areas of the park because they're building the coaster there. And it's big, DJ. This is a big coaster. Um, it's... It's not like a traditional B&M style, I feel like, where it's an organic flow from loop to overbank turn to cobra roll to twist to break to corkscrews to helix to break. It's not like that. Um, it has its big launch, which, again, is pretty new for a B&M. It's only happened a couple of times before. Uh, but then it has these big swooping elements, uh, this very large corkscrew that is much more like a wing rider corkscrew than something else. So I think this is going to be something very different from B&M. And, of course, it's a uh, new type of train. It's a new take on a stand-up sort of thing. But there's a bounce involved in it somehow. It looks very bouncy when you look at the renderings. Uh, so I am very eager to follow this project it the layout is reminiscent of like i think it's called flug der daemonen or something oh, like that the over Ida park yeah where it's like oh that's just a weave of spaghetti track altogether. uh i, I warned you about a, a a hot take and here it is this okay is my, might be my hot take of the year I think there was maybe a podcast out there. I can't think of which one that was asking for hot takes. And I wanted to put my two cents in. It's my cynical take. I, I think this coaster, this surf rider thing, I'm not going to call it a surf rider. I'm going to call it a stand-up coaster because that's what it is. Um, I think it might be the most overrated announcement we've had in a while. Okay. Well, that's fine because I have enough excitement within my heart for the both of us. So you can think what you want to think. And maybe it's not. I shouldn't say overrated. What I should say is it's a stand-up coaster just rebranded. So when we say world-breaking surf coaster, it's like, well, it's a stand-up coaster. But but the anyways. thing is, it's going to work this time. And it's a launch with the BNM. <laughs> it already it works. There's yeah. two of them working yeah. now. Yeah. So, some people would say that uh, Riddler's Revenge is like one of their favorite B&Ms. <sighs> is that you? Would you say That's, that? I've never been on it. You're I, saying a lot right Mantis. now. Certainly wasn't Mantis. <laughs> uh, but I, I don't know. I'm, it's something new, and that's what gets me excited. I'm looking forward to seeing Pipeline become Sitline when they convert it to a floralist. No, they wouldn't do that. No way. <laughs> they might just scrap it. No, they turn it backwards. They're at a spinning yeah. <laughs> car. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's, it's a new coaster, DJ. And again, I have enough excitement for the both of us. That is the end of this conversation. <laughs> That's fine. I'm uh, excited. I just I had to get that off my chest. No, and I respect your opinion with that because uh, I know that uh, there's been a ton of hype around this. We'd heard rumors about it for a long time. It's finally happening now. Uh, maybe you're a little fatigued because it's coaster, coaster, coaster. That's what Orlando, I feel like. Uh, uh, but I, I'm a fan of that, so yeah, we'll have to see. They've how got it a great collection. Out. So they're the roller coaster capital of Orlando, after all. Uh, well, how could I forget? <laughs> Well, DJ, we did put out the Spidey signal for a couple of listener questions as well. Uh, and let's knock those out here. Uh, we did get a couple of great questions here. Uh, the first one is from Coaster Bro of boo. the Coaster Cuzzies. Now, hear me. Don't, nope, don't boo Coaster Bro. Have Just you, kidding. Have Just you been kidding. following? I love Coaster Bro. I look forward to commenting on every single TikTok that he publishes. Yeah, he's a monster with TikTok. But have you been following the developments of the theme park podcastosphere around Coaster Cuzzies. Have you been following that, DJ? I know Coaster Bro is now, he's got two new guests. Like now it's kind of a, it's a three panel thing, right? No, it's like, 
It's like Disney buying up all of the other studios. That's oh, literally yeah, what happened yeah, that, here. Yeah, exactly. That's what yeah. I meant. Yeah, There's Coaster Bro. Prairie Coasting. Yeah. Prairie Coasting. Now, the listener can't see this, but I'm gesturing wildly with my hands. It's sort of like an Infinity Gauntlet that Coaster Bro has worn. He has the two gems from Prairie Coasting. <laughs> then he got Adventures with Parker. Then he got all those other people here, these gems on his Infinity Gauntlet. And I'm just praying that he doesn't snap his fingers and come after us because we wouldn't stand a chance. I can't think of the meme. Was it worth it? Is that what it is? Did you do it? Yes. No, did you do it? Yeah. What did it cost? Everything. <laughs> oh, but I, I'm excited. Every movie after the Infinity Wars mid. Continue. Yes. Uh, I, well, in terms of the MCU, maybe. Uh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, but I am, uh, in all seriousness, very excited to see uh, what Coaster Bro is cooking up over there with that new logo, that new branding for Coaster Cuzzies. It's great to see what they're doing over there. Um, I think they have a pretty nice chemistry going on right now uh, with Prairie Coasting, with those two great people combining them into the coaster cuzzies it turns out that there's a lot of cuzzies out there and now they're all coming together in one podcast um, and this is not a, an advertisement for them but uh, if you're interested and you have some time to fill your ears with something go ahead and put some coaster cuzzies in your ear as they like to say i do want to quiz each cuzzy though i want to put them you know in a room solitary confinement or something like that they can't hear anybody else and i want to ask them point blank they can't rehearse this and now they're going to rehearse it because I'm putting it into the audio sphere. Okay. I want to ask them what is a cuzzy, and I want to hear exactly what they all say. It's a type of bird. Hmm. Maybe. Okay. But Coaster Bro sent us a question. He asked, what's your go-to wedding dance move? And DJ, I was uh, trying to determine what yours would be, and I wasn't able to come up with it. What is your go-to <laughs> wedding dance move? Uh, it's not a move. I can tell you exactly what I do at almost every single wedding I've been invited to. Um, first off, they have to invite me. I mean, that's a hurdle in itself that you would want me there. Uh, but if I do get there, um, I am a jumper. I don't have a dance move necessarily. I just jump at every single fast song, whatever the beat is, I'm just jumping up and down. Maybe, maybe fist pump. That might be my dance move. I guess I'm just having a great time jumping. I get insanely sweaty. I just treat it like a concert. You mosh. I uh, don't mosh. Uh, I have moshed. I don't mosh at a wedding because I want to okay. stay at the wedding. Um, <laughs> okay. But uh, there's always jumping, and people, they like that. They're, they're like, well, this fool is jumping. I better start jumping as well. And soon everybody's jumping. It's like that that's song, right. Jump Around, Jump Around. Yes, yes that, that, that's, that's an easy one. Any sort of like EDM that comes on, I'm jumping. Um, Sandstorm? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes, that's one of the best examples. I might be on the floor as it builds up and then slowly rise, slowly crouch, you know, start going up, get on my tippy toes, and then just start jumping. Because how else do you dance to it? Yeah, yeah, okay, sure. I, it's, yeah, I was thinking for you, maybe the human sprinkler would have been something that though you put your hand behind your head and more of a lawnmower. Oh, okay, well, that's fine. To each their own. How about yourself? For me, DJ, have you ever seen the movie Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2? My favorite Marvel movie. Really? Uh, no, second. Thor Ragnarok is my favorite. Yeah, Ragnarok is a great one. I'm, I can't put it past Endgame, though. But the reason why I brought up Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 is because Drax has a conversation with Star-Lord. On this balcony, I don't really remember the context, and he's talking to Star-Lord, dispensing wisdom as he usually does. <laughs> Joke. And, man, I'm going to have to re-watch that because I'm not remembering entirely what the, <laughs> the flow was, but the meaning of it, the big idea, was there are some people who dance and some people who do not dance. And you got to find someone who, if you dance... They also have to dance. But That's if right. you don't dance, find someone who does not dance. And I know that was just a cheesy comic book movie and Drax is the comic relief, but I internalized that. And I was like, wow, that is something that you can live your life by. You can be surrounded by people who dance or don't dance, but know who you are. Do you dance? Do you not dance? And me, DJ, I think I'm personally someone who does not dance, in the words of Drax. Um, 
Now that might change. I mean, life is long. People change in some ways, at least. I think that uh, I'm not trying to get overly philosophical here, but at a wedding, I would more want to be the not disturbing. That's the wrong word. I would want to be <laughs> <laughs> at a wedding. Just standing I would, there, <laughs> like oh, <laughs> that's not what I mean. Uh, I would want to be the mysterious, well-dressed uh, outsider who's just. Uh, lazily leaning on a table at a bar or something like that, uh, holding court, telling a story, something like that. Yeah, drumming um, up conversation. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't, yeah, like the, the the youth can do their thing on the dance floor. As for me and mine, we'll be doing whatever else. Uh, talking about life as we do, that sort of thing. Um, well, that's that's Fair. probably much uh, more involved answer than Kostrubo is looking for. Well, so in forget everything I just said. Uh, I'll do the human sprinkler. Well, if we uh, get together at a wedding, if we're ever going to the same wedding, I will teach you a box step. So remind me to do that. A box step? Is that like... A j- a, or, a, or a jazz square, same thing. Oh, like the Charleston. Yes? Uh, no? Uh, I don't know. Somewhat. I don't know anything about this. Uh, <laughs> but we did get another listener question from Ryan. Ryan asked, what are your thoughts on the quality of the recent operations at Bush Gardens Williamsburg as a whole? And of course, a great question, Ryan. Shout out to you for that question. Shout out to Coaster for that previous Shout question as well. Uh, that's a big question because, of course, in Williamsburg, as well as in many theme parks out there, there have been a lot of changes. Um, and I would be interested to really look back when we have more time between where we are now and where we're going to determine what changes that have occurred are a product of the current environment and what are not. Uh, Like there are supply chain issues, disruptions, labor realignment in terms of value. um, And uh, a lot of these things happen and they're happening everywhere. And it's interesting to see how different operators handle those. Um, some one-offs appear overnight, it feels like. Like uh, last time I went to Bush Gardens Williamsburg, uh, they had pre-packaged barbecue sauce at Trapper's Smokehouse instead of a, a fresh-made cup of barbecue sauce. And that was a, a big change that I don't know why it happened. If it was a cost thing, if it was a supply chain thing, they couldn't get the ingredients in. Did they not have somebody to actually make the sauce itself from a labor standpoint? There are so many different dimensions here that go into what the guest experiences. Um, and then there's my selfish self thinking, you know, it's prepackaged barbecue sauce, but I actually kind of like how it tastes more than the old barbecue sauce, which yeah. is extremely tangy. And of course, I love that barbecue sauce too, but the tang, it was mm, it was strong. <laughs> so there's a lot of dimensions to it here and, and lingering changes that I think we're going to continue to see, uh, like the operational footprint. Uh, Bush Gardens Williamsburg is a park that is now open nearly year-round. Uh, so they're having to make changes to their operational schedule for a lot of coasters. Uh, but again... And is, is that a climate that's conducive to that? You're from that area. Yeah, it's uh, it really depends on the day. And I think it's a very weather-dependent up there in Virginia for them, um, where if it's uh, cold and chilly, there's not going to be any rides open. Uh, but if it's a, a beautiful day in the upper 50s in February, you're probably going to have a lot of people eager to get out and get into the park to enjoy some days with a light jacket on. Uh, okay. So for something like that, it's for Busch Gardens Williamsburg, they're, they're really weather-dependent with that, I think. Um, But to to speak to their operational footprint for that event, it is naturally small, but they do have rides that are open during that winter where previously everything was closed and they could just do their annual maintenance within that period. Uh, So it's interesting to see how they work around that. Do they have a bigger maintenance team? Do they take rides down, at least in terms of trains, earlier in the season and then have them come back later in the season with certain things like that. Uh, We're really going to have to follow and see what that becomes in the years to follow uh, and what they settle on. Because I think a lot of this is stuff that hasn't been done before in terms of like this operational standpoint from going year-round at Busch Gardens Williamsburg. Um, so I'm very interested, very intrigued. I'm glad that they're open more because it's more opportunities for me to go to the park. Um, but uh, I'm going to be very interested to see what that means moving forward. 
Um, there are also definitely changes to entertainment, changes to food and beverage and games and operations that we've seen as well. Um, I, I want to wait for the dust to settle to figure out what it all means for the guest experience because there is so much that I love about this park. Uh, and I know that times change and parks need to adapt with the times, but things really do ebb and flow with different leadership, with different ownership, with different um, stock performance, I guess, with SeaWorld, it seems like. Um, so I'm very interested to follow. And DJ, what you need to take out of this is not that is I am not an apologist by any means, uh, but I can certainly appreciate firsthand the challenges that they all face in putting on a show in 2022 and beyond. Uh, so I can definitely appreciate how difficult that is, um, and I, I really just want to see what they do moving forward. What is going to be the new normal? Are we never going to have a paper park map in Williamsburg ever again? That, I think, has gone the way of the dodo, unfortunately. Uh, but what is going to change? What do they notice people can't live without in terms of the theme park experience? Is it homemade barbecue sauce? Is it not? We're going to have to wait and see. Did we put in a hotel in our... Busch Gardens Williamsburg uh, Plana Park. We did. Okay. I'm just yeah. curious. Maybe that's... And I can't really answer your question, Ryan. Chris did a great job. I've only visited once. Um, I remember the operations being above average. I don't remember them being exceptional, but I remember it being above average. Uh, but uh, it was one of my favorite parks, still is. Yeah, I love Busch Gardens Williamsburg. Uh, not just because of Monster Stop, uh, not just because <laughs> of, uh, <laughs> of the great barbecue at Trapper's Smokehouse. Uh, it's because of all of these things coming together in one place. Great coasters, my sentimental favorite, Apollo's Chariot. Uh, so many great things going over there. I get warm and fuzzy just thinking about it now. Well, this brings us to the end of this episode, our closing sentiments, as we sometimes refer to it as. Uh, Chris touched on it briefly before, but if you do have a question, if you would like to have a corkscrew conversation with us, we would also like to have a corkscrew conversation with you. There's many ways you can do that. We have an email, corkscrewconvos at gmail.com. That's for more of your long form. Uh, maybe you just wanted to send another email because you don't send enough of the hundreds that you send at work every day and you want to send one more great opportunity for you to do that we'll answer your email uh, we're also on twitter youtube facebook tiktok instagram at corkscrew convos or some sort of variation of that we've got really a reason to follow us on all of these platforms we do different stuff uh you know i, I always think that i can make a tiktok and when i think about making something there's a voice in the back of my head it's chris's voice telling me don't do it because if i have to think about it it's not going to be good no, if you really want to, now here, let me put this voice in your head. If you really want to put a lot of effort into it, go ahead. Because sometimes well, you just, like you see the vast river in front of you, DJ, that is the TikTok algorithm. And you are putting this origami swan into the river. Is it going to sink immediately? Is it going to be carried off into the ocean? Is it going to hit one of those uh, pieces of wood on the side of the thing and get caught? There's only one way to figure out what is going to happen to that, DJ. Do you know what that one way is? Um, having Coaster Bro in our TikToks? Maybe that, but you have to put it in the water. No, it true. is better to have loved and to have lost than to have never loved yes, at all. I exactly. think that applies yeah, to TikTok, fair. too. I mean, we have some we have some what I would call bangers out there. A few a few talk ticks that we've done well. But like I said, we're we're on all those different platforms. You can see Chris's awesome photography on Instagram. Uh, I don't think we use Facebook as much. Uh, that's okay. Uh, but if you want to have a conversation with us, any of those ways, uh, we'll definitely talk with you. If you want to help out the show, there's a really free, easy, quick way to do that. That's by leaving a written five-star review on Apple Podcasts or a five-star review, I shouldn't say or, I should say, and a five-star review on Spotify as well. It helps to get the word out about what this show is, and it helps to put this in front of other listeners' eyes and in their ears as well. Uh, but DJ, until next time, my name is Chris. And my name is DJ. And this has been another Corkscrew Convo. Thanks for listening. <laughs>